At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! Touchdown! Touchdown! Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. You have to be uh, humble enough, you know, to make mistakes, to learn from them, to continue to grow together as a group. And I think the second part is really just building trust. You know, football's a game where you can only play it great if you know if you trust yourself, if you trust your teammates, if you trust your coaches, if you trust the systems. You know, that takes time. But uh, I think the you know the men in the locker room and and, and, and the coaching staff and staff are, are up for the challenge. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Mick Mixon with Panther Talk live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. Like remodeling an old farmhouse, the Carolina Panthers have taken it right down to the studs. Demo days were dusty and difficult, but change is a necessary component of real growth. This total home makeover has flash, style, and curb appeal, and soon you will not recognize the NFL team you previously called home. Here to chronicle it all for you are your resident fixer-uppers. Mick, that's me. Across the workbench for me is the Zoke. And because he gets excited and saliva (laughs) flies everywhere, I'm not kidding when he talks. Eugene Robinson is in his own booth. Jeannie Rob. Wearing a mask. (laughs) You can take off the mask now because you're in the booth by yourself. I'm in the booth by myself. Thank you very much. So great to see you guys. guys. It it does. And this feels as close as anything lately to something we've done previously that has to do with football. Zoke, what are your impressions of – New head coach Matt Rule so far. You know, from what he brings, and then when you hear these almost daily Zoom press conferences with the players, usually two a day during the weekdays, they'll do these Zoom press conferences with players. And uh, today was Eli Apple, and uh, it was uh, Yitor Grossmatos. You know, they, they all have a, a sense of respect that I hear, but also a, a synergy of, uh, of thought in terms of what this team's going to be. You, know, you hear about the Joe Brady offense is going to be fun. It's going to be innovative. You hear that reflected in the players' comments, which, again, we're limited to amount of information we're getting because we're not down at training camp seeing this stuff. And then defensively, you know, Phil Snow, the interchangeable parts and uh, the way it'll be flexible, the way it'll be aggressive, and that emanates from the head coach, Matt Rule. But he just, as we watch him when he's doing these, these uh, press conferences, Eugene, he just is very, I think, uh, the quality of leadership, in control. I wouldn't know by listening to him and the way he talks that he's not been an NFL head coach before. So I, I really think, Eugene, a lot of what he's talking about will translate to the NFL, and it's a new NFL. You know, we've seen with Lamar Jackson and with Cam Newton being here, uh, offenses have changed, things have changed in terms of the way the, the game is almost collegiate in some ways. I, I think it'll work. I like the approach that they're taking. I like him personally. I think he, he, he really is like a no-nonsense football kind of guy. You know, and the other thing is uh, – they want to impress the coach. 
you got a new coach that comes in a situation. You got an entirely new situation. You got new players, and the players want to get to know the coach, and the coach wants to get to know the players. But more importantly, the player wants to go ahead and press the coach. He wants to, the coach to see with new eyes. Hey, I'm the guy that you need to play exposition. I'm the guy that you want. You got to have, and I need to impress you. And so, not only are you getting guys who are going to listen to the coach, but you're getting guys who want to impress the coach. That means they're going to go out their way to go ahead and make whatever plays they need to make, study all those things you got to do because this is a new team, a new coach that's coming in there. And as the new coach comes in, he's going to lay down the rules. What I do like about him, and going back to uh, Mick, is he seems to me through his Zoom calls that he's not afraid to lay down the rules. He's not afraid to go ahead and take charge. And that's what I think you need to have. A coach coming from college, making that uh, pro leap, you got to be able to take charge, and the guys gonna will follow you. But if you start to waffle, you're a little bit ambivalent. If you flip flop a little bit, that's not a recipe for success. I don't see that with uh, with Coach Rule. We'll talk to Marty Herney about Coach Rule later in our show. We'll also talk to Coach Rule himself later in the show. But you know, Eugene, you you being the former player, when you listen to Coach Rule talk when you've observed him, does the former player in you think, yeah, this is a guy I could get behind and play hard with and for? Absolutely. Uh, what I've heard from him and, and, and watching some of the Zoom calls, I've heard some just some sound teaching. I've heard some just kind of matter of fact of where, you, where we are as a team and trying to evaluate a team. Um, I know that he had an unprecedented – an unprecedented draft, drafting all defensive players. I mean, that just says a lot about wanting trying to rebuild what was lost defensively, uh, from a rushing standpoint, from a passing standpoint, all the all the yards that we were giving up and not getting the interception. So, when I listen to him, I think he's a guy that you rally behind. And if I'm if I'm a Trey Boston, uh, I'm going to get to get with that coach and say, Hey, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to go ahead and and, and design is what what are you expecting from me in this secondary? I want to have those conversations with the coach so that we're definitely on the same page that I am adhering to and following the mandates of the coach. And that's what I think you're going to get with Coach Rule. You're going to get a lot of that. Also in the headlines, the Panthers get Teddy Bridgewater in and sign him to a three-year contract. Zoke, in the NFC South, teams like the Panthers, Atlanta, Tampa Bay – twice a year have to deal with that combination of Sean Payton and a quarterback that he's in perfect sync with in Drew Brees. Do you think that the Bridgewater-Joe Brady, the Bridgewater-Brady-Matt Rule combination could give some teams a handful? I think, you know, given time, I mean, we have to be realistic about the fact that there's been no offseason OTAs. It's been all virtual as it has been for all the teams. But, again, I get back to that thought of that synergy of they want to run a Saints kind of offense, some of what they did at LSU with Joe Brady there. And then they'll add the wrinkles of things that also happened at Baylor and Temple philosophically to what they're doing here. And in Teddy Bridgewater, you've got uh, Eugene, an accurate quarterback, uh, 68% in those five games when they went 5-0 and with the Saints last year, nine touchdowns, only two interceptions. So I, I think, Eugene, I know we've got to go break here in a minute, but uh, quickly, I, I think you know Teddy kind of fits in with what they're trying to do in terms of a fit for the offense. I think they felt like this is somebody who's been in New Orleans. He gets it already. 
they've said in these Zoom meetings, sometimes he takes over the offensive meetings and quarterback meetings because he already knows so much about the offense having run it before. And don't forget, our QB rating last year was 74.7, only 17 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, 58 sacks. So when you t- you bring the resume of a Teddy Bridgewater into the Carolina Panthers, you already see that it's an upgrade. You already see what he's able to do. It's an upgrade. And then you cou- couple that with the fact that he's already familiar somewhat with uh, Brady it's an upgrade. So I think you're absolutely right, Joe. I think that you bringing in Teddy Bridgewater is an upgrade at the at the quarterback position based on the performance of the quarterbacks last year. It wasn't good enough. And don't forget, 62%, almost 63% completion, he's at 68. There was a moment in a postgame press conference last year when Bridgewater was filling in for Breeze. Sean Payton was asked about Teddy Bridgewater. The word economy hits you, but it was impactful. He said, Teddy Bridgewater, I'll tell you about Teddy Bridgewater. Smart, accurate, can make the first rusher miss, a leader, I'll stop there. Hmm. Coming from where that came from Mm -hmm. means a lot. This is our broadcast roundtable on Panther Talk. We're brought to you by GEICO. You know the drill, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. And you are listening to Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule, presented by Morris Jenkins. Panther Talk and Morris Jenkins, a winning combination. Speaking of Coach Rule, Matthew Kenneth Rule, he'll join us when we continue next with Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to MorrisJenkins.com. It's Mick Mixon back with you on Panther Talk, and it is an honor now to welcome to the show the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule. Coach Rule, welcome. And behaviorists, people who study how we interact with one another, have long understood that adversity breeds togetherness. So have you sensed any of this happening with your football team right now? Yeah, I mean, I think what you see is you see a bunch of guys that are, um, you know, have been apart, haven't had a chance to get, you know, be around each other. And I think they're enjoying, you know, every second so far of camp and the camaraderie and the sense of team. Um, I think they're enjoying this time together. Coach, what are you learning about your football team now about two weeks into training camp? I think we're learning every day, you know, just, just about where people fit, uh, how to get the most out of each and every guy. Um, guys are doing a great job of learning the system, um, learning each other. So, you know, I, I've been really pleased with that part of it. I think our, our guys have, have the right mentality. They're working hard. So much curiosity all throughout Panther Nation about what the Panthers will look like on offense. Coach, what kind of a presentation is a Joe Brady offense? You know, I think I think he's still working to sort of him and his staff to finalize exactly what will be. You know, um, obviously Joe spent some time in New Orleans, so, so there's some there's some parts of that really kind of changed a lot of it when he went to LSU, added some of his Penn State stuff, and so I think right now, you know, we're we're uh, we're really just trying to find out who our players are, you know, what they do the best, and I think Joe does a great job of then tailoring the plays around that. So I, I think it'll be a a player, you know, a very player centric offense. From an offensive standpoint, uh, personnel, direction, misdirection, et cetera, in what do you believe? You know what? I, I've always been, um, I've always been a, a guy who believes that, you know, that players win games. And so um, I think the best offenses are the ones that, A, 
you know, eliminate mistakes. You know, you don't, you don't want to be a team that, you know, does three good things and then, and then shoot yourself in the foot. You want to protect the football. You want to, you know, you want to be really, really efficient. But, you know, I think that once you've done that, once you've established good winning football, you know, you have to, you have to put the, the, the ball in your best players hands in positions where they can, you know, create mismatches and attack the defense. And uh, to me, that's where explosive plays come in. That's where fun, exciting offense comes in. And so um, we're in the process right now of, of really building the fundamentals, building the base, you know, eliminating that negative football that I talked about. But at the same time, we're really looking at our players and saying, Hey, you know, what does DJ do? Well, what does Curtis do? Well, what does Robbie do? Well, what does Christian do? Well, and the good thing for all of us is those guys do a lot of things really well. So it's, it's a, it's a fun process. Several times, Coach, during your teleconferences with the media, you've mentioned that your O-line coach, Pat Meyer, who was a strength coach under Chuck the Chest, Chuck Amato at NC State, does things in a different way. But no reporter has followed up on that that we have heard. So what kinds of things does Coach Meyer do differently and why? You know, I just think, um, you know, from a, from an, a pass protection standpoint, we're very much going to be a firm, you know, up on the line of scrimmage type of a team, whereas a lot of people, you know, you know, they really vertical set and get back uh, run game wise. You know, I think, I think Pat's done a great job over the years of just really giving his guys uh, a toolbox of things to do. You know, as I said, some, some of them are a little non-conventional, uh, but, but the, the players do them and they do them really well and they buy into them. And so, uh, I think we, you know, we have a good group. We have a lot of guys that we like. I think we have some really good competition on the offensive line. And uh, we understand that, you know, we have a great back in Christian. We have a great quarterback in Teddy. You know, we, we need to give them a clean pocket. He's got a chance. And uh, from all indications, Coach Meyer's a great guy. Coach, let's talk about your defense for just a bit, and then we'll move on to special teams and then let you go. What are Phil Snow's core philosophies? You know, I think uh, at the end of the day, I think Phil, Phil, very similar to what I said on defense, you know, about the offense. I mean, Defensively, you know, we 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 want to be a defense that that plays hard, that runs to the football, that attacks the ball, that gets after their team's quarterback. Um, you know, we're going to be really really young on defense. What a great opportunity for us to establish the way that we're going to play with some young players, and that's you know, that's going we're going to play hard, we're going to play fast, we're going to play physical. And uh, I think once you could do those things, you know, you start to have you know fun with third down and blitz packages. But at the end of the day, you know, if you don't run and you don't hit, you can't be a great defense. And I know that that comes from Phil. On paper, it looks like there's some foot speed in the back end. Do, are you seeing that out on the field during your drill so far? Yeah, we're you know we're a we're a really fast team. Uh, we got you know speed in the secondary, speed at receiver. You know, once we start allowing the guys to go full speed after we get through this acclimation period i think uh, i think we'll see some really fast practices it'll it'll be a fun thing to watch talking to matt rule on panther talk tonight and our studios coach are up on the fourth floor every time we walk by up here no matter what hour of the day or night we see chase blackburn down there just coaching his rear end off on special teams what are your expectations out of him in that group this year well you know um obviously we've we've uh we, we, we understand that to, to have a great team, you have to have great special teams. And, um, you know, we have a we have a battery of guys that we believe in, you know, in terms of punting, kicking, snapping the football. But really, we, we want a whole, you know, franchise-wide buy-in into the special teams. You know, the ability to steal possessions, score points, and flip the field, tilt, you know, tilt the field in our favor. And so, uh, with the speed that we have, there's no reason why we shouldn't play great special teams. You know, Chase is a, a great believer. Ed Foley is a great believer in that. Those two guys do a great job coaching it. But most importantly, the buy-in's got to come from everyone else, and uh, I think we're, we're firmly on our way to establishing that. What are the challenges 
and what have they been so far, Coach Rule, of being in charge of such a young NFL roster? Um, you know, there's just not a lot of experience to draw from, but it's fun. You know, they've got, they're learning as they go. I think the biggest challenge we've had so far is just, you know, this is sort of late start. You know, we're, we're in the middle of training camp, you know, weeks away from games and guys haven't ever been through a practice with us, you know, just trying to figure out what's what. But, you know, at the end of the day, that that is what it is. You know, our entire world right now is going through new things. And so we uh, we're just grateful for the opportunity to be back out on the grass playing football and coaching football. And and uh, we're going to take advantage of, you know, each and every day and, and, and just try to get one percent better every day. Last question, Coach, we'll let you go. What is the schedule now moving forward? And when do you anticipate putting the pads on and and banging and clanging out there a little bit? Uh, you know, the um, the contact phase starts uh, on Monday, um, next Monday. I think it's the 17th. So up until then, you know, they'll we'll continue with what we're in right now until Wednesday. And then we'll start some, uh, you know, non-pad practices for a couple days and then, uh, um, you know, put the pads on next week and really start to try to hone in on the toughness and grit of our team. Coach, appreciate your time. Looking forward to working with you. And we'll uh, talk to you next week on Panther Talk again, if not before. Thank you so much. This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Oh, thank you, Mr. Big Voice. Matt Rule. <laughs> Always wanted to be a big voice. <laughs> coach Rule. So, it's hard to have an injury report, even though this is a sponsored segment, when there hasn't really been much contact yet. But, uh, Zoke, a couple of Panthers, not many, but a couple of Panthers have, uh, have, have COVID-19 opted out. Mm-hmm. What are you working with? Well, injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina. So the good news is there have been no positive tests for COVID-19, not even a false positive like Matt Stafford in Detroit. Uh, but Christian Miller, linebacker, second-year player, and Jordan Mack, another linebacker, both opting out uh, for, again, COVID-related reasons, which you're allowed to do. And I know in the case of Christian Miller, uh, he'll get that, uh, I guess, $350,000 uh, salary is part of that. So uh, Panthers, compared to a lot of teams, uh, in a really good position as they get ready for uh, the next phase of training camp coming up here in the next couple of days. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, your care, your way. Eugene, you one of, Oh, sorry, you improved. Yeah, you improved. <laughs> Maybe Eugene. they retired that. Well, there you go. Well, you improve again. Eugene, one of my favorite parts of what Rule, Coach Rule said, and I want your opinion on it, was the part where he was, and, and I thought this was an interesting window into their plan, is that the O-line is going to be more of draw a hard line up front instead of trying to, to, to re- retreat and form that V and uh, lose slowly, as Jordan Gross used to tell us. How, how'd that hit you? It did hit me, too. I, I wrote down Coach Meyer, I mean, Coach Rule said about Coach Meyer, he talked about being – Firing it on, online, having a toolbox of weapons to go out there and to mix things up, but to really get after someone. So it looks like he wants a clean pocket, but he wants his guys up front to go ahead and push people around. He said also that something was really important. He said that this is a player-centric game, that he wants players – he believes that players win games. And every coach knows that players win games. Give, give me the schematic, give me the scheme – Put us out there. Put us in the right place. He mentioned CMC, DJ, Curtis. He mentioned a lot of guys who can make plays and getting the ball in their hands so they can absolutely do that. And on defense, when he talked about snow, he talked about being physical, running to the ball, hustle, play hard. Those are ingredients to go ahead and get turnovers. Those are ingredients to go ahead 
and get stops. So I think he's saying all the right things, all the right things. And don't forget, he said on the special teams, I need my guys to buy in. Not only do they flip the field, but we got to take the ball away. So I think Coach Rule is saying all the same things, but he has seems to me he has a really good eye of what he wants and what he wants to go ahead and communicate communicate to his coaches and then in turn for them to communicate to the team. And you mentioned he mentioned so much speed on the receivers and defensive backs, and that a lot of that's going to translate to the special teams with linebackers and players like that. You know that can make up for a lot of early season mistakes when they're not quite sure where they're supposed to be. Mick is when you have that speed to recover and be able to do things in a different way because you've got really a lot of talented guys. They're not just fast; I mean, they're football players. Uh, but that speed element should make it really interesting. Yeah, got some return guys with return game chops, and I love what Coach Rule said as well that he's looking for an organizational commitment, a franchise-wide commitment to special teams. That could be cool. All right, we will take a short break here. When we return, you're going to meet Teddy Bridgewater, the Carolina Panthers' starting quarterback, and he's incredible, and you'll hear why next on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Shuffles up, he's hit, and he is taken down. Gets away, hit again, sack. And he's surrounded, and sacked. Rolling out to the near side, in oh. trouble, intercepted, picked off. It'll be a touchdown. It's an exciting time right now. Get things rolling. Uh, excited to get back to work. Uh, excited for, you know, what's in store for us, and... We look forward to just continuing to lay a foundation brick by brick and get this thing rolling. Back to Mick Mixon, Jim Zogi, and Eugene Robinson with Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. After four years with the Vikings and two with the Saints, 27-year-old quarterback Teddy Bridgewater is now a Carolina Panther, and he says that already this feels like his team. Yeah, it definitely does, and... um I credit that to uh, Mr. Tapper, uh, Marty, Coach Rule, and, and the coaching staff here. Um, they've made this transition a smooth one, and uh, they told me from the jump that, hey, this is your team, and the guys will go as I go. And, uh, just being around the guys, you see them feeding off my energy, and I'm feeding off their energy. So uh, you know, it definitely feels like my team. The NFC South looks loaded with potent offenses. So where do Bridgewater and the Panthers fit in? On pen and paper, it's easy to say, hey, we have this guy, that guy, and, you know, Atlanta has their weapons, New Orleans has their weapons, and Tampa has who they have. But um, at the end of the day, uh, you have to prove it on the field. So on pen and paper, everyone's, you know, uh, crowning themselves as some of the most talented teams in the league and uh, future playoff teams. But uh, it starts, you know, with the work that we put in right now, and uh, we can't look too far ahead. We just have to approach it one day at a time and of course we have guys on this roster who have done some great things in this league and I'm excited to be on the same field as those guys but at the end of the day we have to execute what we plan on doing here in in Carolina which is uh running Joe Brady's offense and uh doing it at a a high level. Speaking of a Joe Brady coordinated offense Teddy Bridgewater is familiar and he's on board. Definitely it's a high percentage of you know some of the things we did in New Orleans but um of course with Joe uh, spending time at LSU and uh, being on the journey that he's come on, uh, he's added his wrinkle and uh, different things to this offense. So uh, I'm excited about that. And just a familiar, uh, being familiar with this system, it, it's been huge, you know, uh, especially for us with us not being able to meet in person for OTAs throughout the spring. I've had the opportunity to get with the guys and, you know, reiterate the language, 
go over installs with the guys uh, prior to arriving to training camp. So uh, having that comfort level, that, that experience in this offense has been a huge. Even at age 26, Bridgewater is known as an exceptional leader. So what is his message to his younger guys? Biggest thing I learned from my years of experience in this league, every year you get a new class of rookies. Every year the rosters are turning over. Nothing stays the same in this league. And that's my mindset to the rookies. You know, hey, when you come in, just keep your head down and work. Uh, you earn your respect in this league by what you're able to put out on the field, display throughout the building with your work ethic, uh, the way you approach each day. So, you know, this is an opportunity virtually to show, hey, I'm dedicated. You know, I'm, I'm really locked in and, and really willing to give my all to this organization, whether it's in meetings virtu- virtually when coach asks you a question, responding with confidence and with conviction. You know, that shows, hey, you know, you're, you're studying and things like that. You know, it's huge. He comes to the Panthers having overcome a serious injury, and like his predecessor, Cam Newton, he knows how it feels to have to reprove himself. That's the, the tough side of this business. You know, I had the opportunity to experience it early in my career, and, um, you know, injuries are always unfortunate. And, you know, the way things transpired when I got injured, when I got injured and how I wasn't able to return to the driver's seat. You know, I just took it as, hey, man, I got to put my head down and just continue to work. Eventually, you know, there are 31 other teams that will have the opportunity to fall in love with me all over again. And uh, uh, luckily, when I was returned from my injury, I had the opportunity to sign for the Jets and then New Orleans traded for me. And now I'm here in Carolina and I'm forever thankful of my journey. So, um, you know, with Cam, it was one of those situations, you know, I understand as a player, you're a competitor. You want to get back out there and, and get that opportunity to show that you, you're still this elite guy. And, um, you know, he's done some great things. He's obviously one of the best players to ever play for this franchise. And everyone around here respects him. Uh, they speak highly of him. And uh, I'm just honored to be, you know, following in the position that he left behind, get the opportunity to just continue to resume my career. While Bridgewater may not have the supersized megawatt public image of his predecessor, He's impressed coaches and teammates with his work ethic, his study habits, and his leadership skills. Stay tuned. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues right after this. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. You know, my recommendation to to the guys is, hey, don't be afraid to make mistakes, right? Like, you know, mistakes are good, um, you know, when they happen now, when you learn from them. And just to take a just take a breath and relax. You know, you're, you're all good football players. You're here for a reason. Don't let the anxiety get the best of you. But I'm really pleased, and it's just now it's got to start to transition and, and transition over to the walkthrough phase, then eventually into the you know, ramp up practice phase, and then put the pads on. Hopefully, we know our system well enough that it'll just come down to you know physicality and effort. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Along with Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki, it's Mick Mixon coming to you from the Langtonian Institute of Broadcasting Studios, fourth floor, Bank of America Stadium, Uptown Charlotte. And we welcome Panthers General Manager Marty Herney into the show. Marty, a lot of discussions this week, even today, intense discussions about the future of college football this fall. Has anything happened over the last 24, 48 hours to shake your confidence in the National Football League and and its ability to play out a season? No, not at all, Mick. That's, you know, I was saying uh, something to somebody the other day is every time, every morning, every day I walk into this building, 
it's just such a good feeling. I mean, the way the work that that our ops people, Sean Patton and and Brian Porter, Mike Anderson, Claire Burke, a bunch of people have put in to, to getting the setup that we have as far as using all four floors, spacing out the meeting rooms, um, you know, our constant reminders of wearing masks and social distancing and getting tested every day. And, and then just the way that Matt Rowe and his staff have handled things, um, the meetings and the, in the schedule, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's sort of business as usual. And, and I, I just, there's, I can't get any thing in my mind other than us just playing a, a, a normal schedule. So um, it, it, there's an exciting feeling. You wait for so long after you, you draft players, you do all the stuff in the off season. And um, once the players came in and now we're in the football and, and it really is, you, you start getting excited about things. I hear the excitement in your voice. We'll talk about the football in a, in a bit with you, Marty Herney. But, you know, not only the last several months have we had the global pandemic, but also some social issues a, as well. Have some of has some of these things given Panther fans maybe an earlier look at how special an, an individual Matt Rule might be? Well, I, I think that special certainly is the word, Mick, and it's, it's you know, I tell everybody that I talk to, I, I, we are so fortunate to have Matt Rule as our head coach, and he is, um, he just got it. And it, uh, again, I mean, the first time that we sat down and, and during the interview process, it didn't take long. And he's just got, um, got such a great feel for, for people, for uh, managing people, for the game itself, for players, for everything that's involved in it. And it's, uh, it's been such, such a, a pleasure to work with him and, and, um, on a day-to-day basis, it's uh, yeah, he's he's it's really been fun, and I think Panther fans should be extremely excited uh, to have Matt Rule as their head coach. He does seem to have a beautiful touch with things. He can win the press conference. He can build consensus and foster loyalty and trust. But Marty, do you also think that the Carolina Panthers are going to be coached hard under him? Oh yeah, oh yeah, hard, uh, detail, organized. Um, you know, word he uses all the time is process. And it's, it's, I think that, you know, you talk to any one of our players and, and I think you're going to get very, um, very high reviews as far as the way that even, even during the, the uh, off season when we couldn't come in during the virtual meetings and um, going to be very detailed, going to focus on the process, going to do the little things right. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's exciting. Marty Herney with us on Panther Talk. I was listening to your own charismatic self, Marty, the other day on a teleconference. And although I couldn't really see you, I thought Marty's eyes are, are, he's got the gleam in his eye. What is it about this roster that has you so fired up? First of all, you must be awful bored, Mick, if you're sitting around <laughs> listening to me, but, um, I am excited. I'm excited a lot. I think that we have, uh, we've, we've made um, a lot of changes, a lot of changes, you know, in, in the coaching staff and in, in the, the front office in the locker room with players. Um, and, and I think there's an energy to us. I think that we've, we've added uh, weapons on offense and 
when when we made the difficult decision and and um, changed the the quarterbacks and went with Teddy, I think the approach was at least in my mind is to try to get as many weapons as we could and uh, around them and enough people to protect them inside and and um, you know with the addition of Robbie Anderson with with the, an extra year and added experience with DJ Moore with Curtis Samuels with return of Chris Mann hurts it is uh, um, one of the top, not only blocking tight ends in the league, but his, his receiving abilities approve every year. And then you got a young guy like Ian Thomas. And oh, by the way, we haven't gotten a running back yet in Christian McCaffrey. So I think our offense has, has a real chance to be, um, to, to, to do some good things. I think that, you know, we we added we brought Russell Kung over at left tackle in the trade. We added John Miller after he got released by um, the Bengals. We've we've got uh, you know Matt Parody's coming into his second year, and then our young guys Dennis Daly and Greg Little, and of course um, Taylor Moten at right tackle is going into his fourth year, and um, you know some some new guys, a guy like Chris Reed that we picked up off waivers last December. And so I, I don't want to leave anybody out, but we just feel like on offense, we went the route of we've got some experience. We got a quarterback who knows the system we're going to run. And then on defense, we're young and athletic. And everybody, you know, talks about how young we are and and the fact that, you know, we, we used all our picks in the draft on defensive players. Um, but we've got some leaders over on that side and KK short and, and, uh, Shaq Thompson and, and, and Trey Boston. Um, and it's just fun watching those young guys. There's an excitement on that side of the ball and to go out and watch our coaches on offense, defense, special teams, but the detail, the, the teaching that takes place out there. Um, it's, it really is. It's, it's an exciting time right now. We're running out of time with you. Let me squeeze in a question for you, Marty Herney, about about the defense. Uh, there's a variety of ways to defend. You can bend but don't break. You can try to defend every single blade of grass. How do you think Phil Snow and his staff will play it? Aggressive. I think we're going to be aggressive. I think we're going to get upfield. I think we're going to challenge receivers. I think we're going to do a, a, a variety of things. But um, I've been very impressed with, with just in the teaching of fundamentals right now is so important. And, you know, I, I think, Mick, that the early games this year, um, you know, I think the teams that tackle the, the best are going to have a very good chance. And, and I think we stress, we have drills, you know, we, we stress that part of it. We, we just, the, the, the attention to detail on, on, on all sides of the ball, but we're talking about defense now has been very impressive, but I do think we're going to take an aggressive approach. Marty Herney on Panther Talk, Zoom uh, Maven. He spent a lot of hours on this this new technology. And, uh, Marty, we appreciate you more than you know. Thanks for the visit, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Mick. General Manager, Carolina Panthers, Marty Herney. A lot of fun to talk to, and he is excited. So is there a – as you look over your depth charts and you're starting mm-hmm. to prepare, and Eugene, too, for the season – is there a position group that has your particular interest right now? I actually did. I made uh, depth charts. Mick gave me his Excel spreadsheet about five years ago, which is very, very organized, and you just plug and play from there. But um, there's so much 
intrigue to me about how this is going to play out. So Dante Jackson, Eli Apple project as the starting cornerbacks, Eli coming in from New Orleans. But Troy Pride Jr., who they drafted out of Notre Dame, 4-4 guy is fast, is going to push for playing time there. Jeremy Chin could be a linebacker, nickel, strong safety. Uh, they brought in Justin Burris, who played from Cleveland, uh, was with NC State. Trey Boston, kind of that steadying force that's been here for a couple of years. And then Kenny Robinson out of the XFL. Eugene, to me, it's like, it's too deep of really interesting guys, including Stanley Thomas Oliver, who they drafted in the seventh round. That might be uh, a year project to get him up and running. But, Eugene, I, I think the secondary is really intriguing with a ton of speed back there. Here it is. I'm glad you went with the secondary because I have my eye on Dante Jackson, Eli Apple, Jeremy Chen, and, and Trey Boston. That's my starting group. That's the group that I'm going in with my, my rotation. Pride comes in as a nickel guy or maybe move to the corner. I think that group right there sells you something. When I watch Chen – just to watch the film, I'm like, my goodness, this young man, he brings heat. He's a big safety. He does remind me a lot of uh, Steve Atwater, and I know there's some pedigree there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a big, big safety, a big player that plays large, has great range. I like that. Trey Boston's uh, his ability to go ahead and get people lined up, I'm, I'm going to love that. And I think this may be Dante's breakout, breakout year. I think Dante took a step backwards last year, and I think now he's ready to take that step forward. I know he's been working with Ryan Clark. I know he's been doing some stuff with, with other pros. And I'm like, dude, you have the ability to be Deion Sanders-like and really change the game with your speed and your ability to catch the ball. And I think that he's ready now to go ahead and assume that mantle. And Eli Apple, he comes in trying to prove something. I mean, I mean, he's a 2016 draft choice, number one draft choice. He's trying to find a home. He's trying to find a place to say, this is where I'm putting my roots down like Teddy Bridgewater, and I'm going to be the guy. I think you're going to see that Eli Apple saying, I'm going to be the guy in the secondary. So they got a great secondary on paper. But as Teddy Bridgewater said, it's not on paper that wins games. It's the execution and going out there and, uh, and playing. I was getting excited about a safety named Kenny Robinson, and then I realized this town's only big enough for one Robinson <laughs> that has ever played safety. You're listening to Panther Talk presented by Morris Jenkins. And we'll come back with uh, some tight end and some offense talk next on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to MorrisJenkins.com. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Mick, the Zoke, Jeannie Rob, tell me if I'm wrong or if you guys disagree. With this new offense and with Teddy Bridgewater's ability to sight adjust to go through his progressions, see the field, and read the field. Could it be that Chris Manhurts becomes that moth that sheds its crusty outer shell and blossoms into a weapon? I think it's possible. I still think, Eugene, it's going to be very much on a a secondary level of involvement there. He's got six catches in four years, and then during the Zoom press conference last week, Matt Rule said, he thinks he's one of the best, if not could be the best, blocking tight ends in the league. So Oops. when you designate someone as being the best blocking tight end, 
Probably says you're not going to be throwing to him a lot. But, you know, I think this is Ian Thomas' spot to really shine this year. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think the fact that he's a blocking tight end, that in my opinion, he's a blocking tight end. And I think it's hard when you get that mindset to go ahead and change that mindset, become that receiving tight end. Don't forget, Olsen had 52 catches last year, and he was hurt. You know, and Thomas can assume that role of being that guy at Olsen, getting that 52 to 65 catches. I see that. I see that the offense being sitting around the receivers, DJ, Curtis, uh, CMC, and then S. Larry, the tight end. And the tight end, if the tight end can eke out 52 to 65 catches, that's a bonus. Whether who, what, whatever, what tight end does it, it's a bonus. Well, in that case, get the ball to McCaffrey, and he can get the ball to Manhurts because Manhurts' <laughs> only touchdown catch was thrown to him by that's McCaffrey. Right. That's right. Okay, I got a better idea I want to ask you about, and and I think you'll be solidly behind me, all your delegates on this one, and that'll be right after this timeout. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Shout out to all the boys in the shop up here, Langtonian Institute of Broadcasting Studios, masked up and looking better, really, than they <laughs> have previously. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> so, Eugene, start with you in this last segment. Could the Panthers, under Matt Rule, be a absolute purity preparation headache for teams on their schedule to figure out what in the blue heck the Panthers are going to try to do? Mick, it's so interesting you point that out because – it's an anomaly. They don't know what what they have no really nothing to really go by other than college, and it's going to be totally different. And so they have no idea what they're going to get. They know they got a collection of guys who can play the ball, who play extremely well. But what is Matt Rule going to bring to the table? Matt Rule has an advantage in that because now you already know what New Orleans does. You know what Atlanta does. You know what Tampa is going to be able to do, but no one knows what you're going to do. And so I think that is a, a strategic advantage for Matt Rule. What do you think, Zoke? I think they're going to have to look at a lot of uh, Baylor tape, Temple tape, LSU tape, New Orleans Saints tape. And I remember the Panthers were an expansion team. There was a very heavy Buffalo Bills influence here in the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's kind of what teams had to do at that time. But to to get some clues, I think you're going to have to look at uh, a lot of those kind of different uh, past experiences to know what the Panthers are about. What did Joe Brady do at LSU that worked? Besides having Joe Burrow, yeah, Joe Burrow. Well, he helped. You know, he helped to make Joe Burrow that. Though. I mean, don't you think Eugene collaboratively yeah. wise? I mean, you look at the way they threw the ball over the field. But as they said multiple times, everybody better have their eyes open on a pass route. Anybody could be a receiver out of four or five that are out there at a given time. And don't forget, Matt Rule said players make plays. He's looking for players to go ahead and make plays. And when you got CMC, that's a matchup problem. Okay, who it is? DJ Moore is a matchup problem. Curtis, Curtis Sam is a matchup problem. And so I think Brady takes these matchup problems and throws that to Atlanta, to New Orleans, they say, okay, figure out what we're going to go ahead and do. That's why I think it's a strategic advantage because the players that you're talking about can all play some football and get after it. Good show, Jeannie Rob. Thank you. You'll return to your hermetically sealed booth next week. Zoke, good job here at the workbench. All right, for for these two guys and for these other Joders here in the studio, this is Mick Mixon. We rightly enjoyed it, but we're just getting going as Carolina Panther football is back, and you're going to hear it all. Panther talk and the games right here on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This has been Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule, presented by Morris Jenkins. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.